When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's betterhelp.com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. It's me, Rich Hobbs, of course, and I'm joined by my good friend Sam Pickering. Sam, apart from the fireworks firing off behind you at the moment, how's everything with you, mate? Yeah, good evening. Thanks for having me on, Rich. Everything's good. If I, so if you do see any flashing lights, I am I'm in Birmingham, there's fireworks going off. Uh it seems pretty much non-stop at the moment today so uh yeah i apologize in advance if you if you hear that um yeah everything's good everything's good um that life as a wolves fan is pretty good at the moment especially still haven't quite come down i think from the albion win um you know it's it's occasionally going back to it every uh, every other day at least watching it on uh watching the wolves highlights you know what that was something i was thinking about um when i was sort of scribbling up some notes for today's show is that we've always sort of like uh, you know, forgotten about the Man United game, and if it mentally it's gone Albion Chelsea today, it's like oh, it doesn't it doesn't matter, which I think kind of just shows how monumental it was against the Albion and even against Chelsea as well, because like four goals away from home at Chelsea doesn't happen very often. Phenomenal results. Um, I kind of after the, especially after the Man United game, there was there's 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 two types of wolves that can show up to this Chelsea game. There's the ones that will their heads will drop. Uh, and you know they may they may ship another four goals. You know, our record at Stamford Bridge wasn't fantastic in the first place, and Chelsea had very good home form going into it, uh, so we could get spanked again, or we could just react like we have done uh, a lot this season and spank them. And that's exactly what happened. You know, um, we just we showed up, and I think Neto and Cunha in the form they're in. I don't think anyone wants to play us at the moment, especially Brentford. No, I mean. Brentford, this should be on paper, fingers, toes, and anything else crossed. 
like a, a three-point game for Wolves. Um, you know, we we've played them quite a lot recently. Um, let's be honest, it's four, like four, four times in was it four times in like forty-five days or something like that? Yes, it, yeah, it, it's just over six weeks since we we initially played them and. You know, we've not lost to them yet. Obviously, we had the Jordan the Cup. You could argue that, well, we're down to 10 men, maybe that impacted. And um, in one of the games, of course, we got a several assists from Neil, Col- uh, Neil? Nathan Collins um, as well. But yeah, Brentford have really struggled this season. Um, and it feels like they've just not quite been able to progress. I mean, at the moment, they're 15th in the league table. But you know, with games in hands and obviously where Everton are at as well, they are, they're teetering, aren't they, in terms of that relegation battle over the next, well, 15, 16 games come the end of the season? Yeah, they're definitely looking over their shoulders. And if they if they haven't been for the last month or so, then they definitely need to be. Because I, I know that Ivan Tony's back and I know that he's been a huge miss for them. Uh, this season since he's been suspended and uh, Brian and Bummo I know has been a huge miss for them as well and they've been lacking a lot in the attacking department but recently um, Mopay's stepped up to the plate and you know five goals in five games he'll be I think he'll be chomping at the bit to get a, another goal against us because I think he's already scored I think two of those five and five were against us well, yeah, because yeah, literally we've been playing against his it. They um, must be sick. They must be sick of us. I think. I so they're, they're going to be. They're going to be. They're going to be really desperate to get results um, tomorrow. So and and like I said, this isn't Ivan Tony in the Brentford team now. It's a different beast, and we shouldn't just consider this a formality. I mean, I, I still back us to win, but you know, I think they they're fighting for their lives. Even in February, they're still fighting for their lives. And they'll be going for three points. Yeah, I mean, the two players I sort of wanted to uh, cherry pick out of there were Ivan Tony and Neil Mope. Because uh, with Neil Mope, is he just trying to be this era or this league's like absolute heel? <laughs> and the only way I can replace him is like Jamie, you know, Jamie Vardy had that like shithousery streak. Like, mm-hmm. wasn't all the time. And it wasn't, I guess, publicised as much. But, like, you know, I remember scoring against, against us once and him doing, like, a house celebration. Yeah. And I sort of feel like Neil Mopay's got that in him but would do something even worse. Yeah, he's, he's, got, a, he's got a mean streak. You've got a mean streak yeah. about him. And, you know, you, you, you're right about the, uh, the Vardy comparisons affair. I mean, except I think Vardy has the technique to actually back it up. Yes, and, and yes. I know Mopay... <laughs> Form at the moment, but that's, I think that'll 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 come crashing down soon enough. Uh, but you're right; it's, it's all it's all mind games. He's trying to, you know, he's, last week it was Carl Walker, the week before it was James Madison. <laughs> Who's he going to rile up at Wolves? I don't really. Well, I, don't I, I was trying to work. I was trying to um, work out like which Wolves players most likely to lose their call. The only thing I could think of um, in a hypothetical world would be him scoring and then doing the Kuna celebration. That that yeah. might be my bet. Might be my bet of a week. That's that's a shout, and yeah, yeah I think that, that would that would wind a lot of people up. But I think it wouldn't yeah. matter because I think Cunha will just bag two anyway, and he'll just claim it. Back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think for, it's, it's a sort of celebration where because the shoes on off, our foot. Does that work as an analogy? Because your shoe would be on the other foot. Anyway, 
because we're in the ascendancy at the moment, actually, mm. we get the bragging rights. But I feel like if I was an opposition fan and a player was doing that in my stadium, I'd want them gone. I'd want yeah. them to be broken. So it that does strike me as a very, um, yeah, Neil Mope thing to do. Or that might just be like, it could just be his new thing because obviously, you know, he copied James Madison's celebration. His new thing might be just copying slightly unique goal celebrations to wind up opposition. But it, as you say, it does rely on him scoring consistently, which well, I think, exactly I think is forced out at this level. I think James Madison said it best, didn't he? That the only reason Mope does this is because he hasn't got enough goals to get a celebration. Yeah. So he has to just keep nicking everyone else's. So whether it's whether it's the Cunha doing that or whether it's the Neto, you know Neto been doing that recently. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that's that's quite a generic one anyway. I don't know. I mean mm. I don't know if that's a, if that's you know specific to Neto or not, but. You know, I've never, I don't see that very often. So that could be very one. That could be it, I think. But I no, think he'll have, to, he'll have to get out of uh, Dawson's pocket. I think if he wants to do that, you can see someone like Dawson. Uh, I think from earlier games that we've played, maybe Dawson going in quite heavy-handed in the first half against. Let him know he's there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel like it, and you know, we've had a great comment. Um, from Mike Evans, his regular contributor. Hey guys, our defence needs to be on it tomorrow. And I think so. That that kind of twofold in terms of a Tony now that he's back because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like he skipped a beat after being um, unavailable for for a while now. And you know, obviously scored that uh, that free kick re- recently where he kind of gained slightly controversial, it. but uh, yeah. I mean, you can't... Can't argue with the finish. You know, he's he's a very good set piece taker as well. So yeah, um, the comment's absolutely right. I think what six goals shit now in two games uh, against Chelsea. I know it's Chelsea, and Man United, but yeah. you know, Brentford have shown us in the games we played against them. They know how to score goals against us, um, and we yeah you know, we need a response. You know, we need to you know build from the back. Um, you know, I, I trust our attack to you know to go to pile forward and really put a lot of pressure on the Brentford defence. And I'd beg us to get at least two at least two goals tomorrow. But we need to make sure that we really shore up. Mm. I think it's... I'm, I'm curious to see if he does change anything sort of particularly at the back because that back line has been solid. Um, it doesn't feel... It, you know, it almost feels a bit mad that you say we can see six in, in two because it doesn't feel like a, a unit that's flooded in goals but it just it, it has happened it just yeah it kind of does need to be looked at and you know even if you look at the Chelsea ones obviously we conceded early on it was a good move but there were still potential points we could have squeezed the gaps a little bit more and then concede from a corner it's a lack of concentration when you've you know when you're four four one up essentially it, it's it only it doesn't take an awful lot to get punished at this in, in the Premier League, does it? Even against, I say, even against a team like Brentford's, a bit harsh. But actually, any opponent in this division can, you know, punish you on a, a whim if you're not careful. Yeah, well, the um, the worrying thing about the set pieces is that I think before the Man United game, I don't know if this is correct or not, but I don't know if we'd actually conceded from a corner all season. I might be wrong, but I, I, I believe we had a very good record at least. 
um, or you know one of the teams with one of the least goal amount of goals conceded from a corner or a set piece. But the United game, there was a lot of corners and set pieces that uh, they missed good chances on. Casemiro must have had about three or four headers that uh, could have gone in. Um, and the Chelsea game, like you said, Thiago Silva getting a header. And Brentford are very set piece heavy. You know they like to lump mm. it into the box. So. Yeah, we need to make sure that we don't make the same mistakes that we have done in the last couple of games. I know, the, I know Albion had a few, you know, they, they like to get crosses into the box. We dealt with them admirably, but we just need to make sure that we're back on to that level of consistency. Uh, you know, I, I back Dawson and Totty and and Kilman especially to win most aerial battles. So just make sure that they find that form again and don't make the same mistakes that they have been in the last couple of games. Yeah, and I think that the concentration ones are biggie for me and particularly Brentford because one of the things they are very well known for is their ability to get in that second ball and to keep the play you know they're, they're very strong from set pieces a from the, the initial delivery but when it comes out they, they're very good at recycling it and keeping players forward and you know somehow Neil Collins scored against us a couple of weeks ago it wasn't you know from memory anyway it wasn't like it was from direct from you rolled about the years again saying no. Neil it's gonna be one of the it's one of these days, guys, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's Back in two thousand eight, yeah. I'm just gonna go for just gonna go for Collins. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Ed Collins, <laughs> Ed Collins. Um, but actually, it's because he stayed in the box and they kept it alive, and it only takes a moment or one player not on assignment to not pick somebody up. So it, it's gonna be key, and you know, hopefully. Uh, someone like Toti Gomez is buoyed this week after signing a new uh, new deal that takes him up to Wolves until 2029. In my head, he signed a 10-year deal. I'll be brutally honest, when I hear 2029, he's basically signed like a Francesco Totti lifetime contract. It is not a three-year extension on what he's already on. Yeah. It's not it's, it's not exactly it's not exactly Mudrick, is it? You know, Chelsea, there's, there's no. Chelsea contracts, but you're right. I think I he's such a lifetime away. I know, but no, guy, he deserves that so much. He's been he's been a breath of fresh air since he since he came in to, uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was he started against Southampton uh, for mm. his debut. Um, when we were a bit of a loose end in defence, and he's he's been fantastic and you know a well deserved extension on his contract. And uh, yeah, if he's a Wolves lifer, then um, I, I'd be very happy to see him uh, at the heart of our defence for many many years to come. Would you describe him as the next Roman Sace? Ooh. Um, what do you mean in terms of uh, commitment to Wolves? Or I think just... a bit, of, a bit of everything, to be honest. Because a, a you've got positionally mm-hmm. left, left-footed defender, yeah. very passionate, heart on their sleeves, so quite vocal and all of that. But also someone who, depending on the tide of Wolves. You could see him not being in the team if they bring somebody else in, but then also being a very good backup and then winning his place back. And you say actually staying at Wolves for a significant period of time, of as that you know six seven out of ten kind of guy who you said I know I can rely on him. And I think we almost had a very small gap when Sace left, but we missed that bit of leadership, that bit of presence mm-hmm. on and off the pitch um, and it was the right time for Sace to move on don't get me wrong but it feels like this season 
Gomez has stepped up that bit more. To yeah, be, yeah. Be a bit more, even more command. I guess be more commanding than being a good defender. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's grown in he's grown in, in confidence so much. Um, I think. I think it was more noticeable last season. I think he got a lot more of a regular player. And even even when he was asked to step in at left back, uh, when like when we had Lopetegui and we were playing four at the back, now I remember watching him against um, Villa at home and he scored the he scored the one goal to mm. win it. And he was he was having the game of his life and he was at left back and he was just making marauding runs down the left uh, like a proper wing back. So he's he's got that versatility like size. I mean, size wasn't obviously a wing back, but he could he could play centre mid, he could play centre back. Um, he was a threat from set pieces, just like uh, Totti is. Um, and I think one thing that I always take away from Sice's time at Wolves, even though obviously he was a fantastic footballer, and um, I, I do, you know, I don't know if we should have actually got rid of him, but uh, we, we seem to be doing okay now. But I think Sice off the pitch was a real yeah. um, character and good for morale in the dressing room, um, a captain, a leader, like you said. Uh, Totti is clearly well liked by the team you know I, I, watching all the the behind the scenes stuff that Wolves give us you know you can always see the Totti he's just he's always smiling he's, he's mm. radi- radiating good energy and you know he and like like the comment says there from Mike you know he's got such amount of passion even when we, even when he doesn't score uh you know he's always like the first he's doing the um was it the Sam Ricketts Connor Cody that jumped when you saw yeah. everyone that's that's Totti <laughs> Uh, and, you know that it, we, we need more of that, and mm-hmm. he's a, he's he's such a he's such a good character, and uh, he, like he fills that size role quite nicely. Yeah, um, I, for where I kind of I think for him it, and this sort of you know five year deal, I think it's really good for everyone because mm-hmm. you get uh, he's not had that many bad games for Gomez. He's looked a bit no. clumsy or clunky, but. You know, he's not had many howlers or, you know, really, really bad games. So, in theory, I think that there's still another level to his game, potentially, as he matures. But he's already at this level now, after not an awful large amount of games at this level. Um, So, if somebody big does come in for him, then fantastic. You know, we spent next to nothing on him. Yeah, he's in, he's improved. He plays Portugal, and you know get, gets a big money move elsewhere. Fantastic. If he stays at this level, perfectly okay. As you sort of said, that Ro- Roman says leader, you know, big character, and we've tied him down for you know half his career. Fantastic. If Wolves then, let's say under Gary O'Neill, we make it into your, we make it into you know top seven or whatever, and we improve and we you know there's almost a level of like continuous improvement, and we go actually evolve the positions, centre half, left centre half, the area we need to improve, or they go let's move Max Kilman out, you know, then he's shown that he can play at this level. So even so- if a promoted team goes. What we need is an out of favour centre half from a team who's already kind of been there and done it. Then, but we'll get again more than enough money for him. So it's, it, I think it's really shrewd. And you know, obviously he's had a couple of years left on his deal. And I don't know. For me, it sort of screams that he was probably on not a lot of money and has gone from playing 
sporadically rotating to being one of your first names on your team sheets at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming it part of it is reflective in that as well. And I've got no issue with it um, because actually, uh, out of the three centre half, you know, three centre halves for me, he's uh, you know Kilman starts because he's captain, and then Gomez starts for me. Dawson is almost that third one, partly because of age and anything else. So, you know, he, he it's it's good that he's got a agreement with the club that, that warrants it for me. Um, so, fingers crossed, he he continues to um, improve rules. And I guess in terms of the lineup um, and sort of the squad as a whole, we are kind of a bit blessed. And you look at the bench from um, the, the Chelsea game actually, and it it, it gets very weak at the the bottom end of it, you know. So we had Bentley back at goalkeeper Doty, the Bueno boys, um, who aren't related now, I say it like that. Uh, Tommy O'Doyle, if you ask um, Dave Edwards, um, <laughs> Bellegarde, uh, then Griffiths, uh, Chirea, and Fraser. It, it, it drops off, but thankfully, um, Gary O'Neill said in his pre match press conference today that Quang and Troy Ore are both available. And I just thought, fuck me, that's going to be so good to have, you know, particularly Quang, when you look at the young forwards on our bench in terms of Fraser in particular. And it sounds hard. It's not meant to be a, you know, a, a dig at those younger players, but to have some, whether it's Sarabia or Bellegarde or Quang, it, having that extra level of um, ability at this point of time, it, it is definitely a good thing for us. Yeah, if, if Wang can um, find... I mean, I know he had a decent tournament in the Asia Cup, but if he can find his form that he had before that tournament and bring it back to this to this weekend and beyond, it's a mouth-watering prospect of having him, Neto and Cunha up front because it, it just screams goals to me. And um, I think even though even though Wang's been away, we've, we've, done, we've done very well without him. And I'm not saying I don't know if he walks back into the team. I, I wouldn't start him tomorrow personally. I think no. bring him off the bench. Um, maybe if we're chasing the game, or you know, maybe if the Cunha needs a Cunha or Neto need a rest because they're running their asses off. Um, I think it, it, once he finds that form again, it's it's going to be it's going to be so, so such an exciting time, even more exciting time than it is now to be a Wolves fan. But like you said, with with the striking options we've got on the bench since. Um, Fabio Silva and Kalaitic have gone out on loan. It's left us a bit threadbare up front, but you know, I, I, I'm sure the youngsters would, you know, would, wouldn't mind hearing the fact that you know it's it's good to have that experience on the bench. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't. And with with Fraser's, you know, Fraser playing against Brentford, and was it Brentford? Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he's, he's, he, I was going to say, I say all this, he's literally scored against the opponents, and both teams played pretty much a full strength team. <laughs> yeah. So I mean he'll be chomping at the bit to get another another go at them, I'm sure. But um, yeah, with Huang back, that's going to give us just another extra level of um, of confidence. Yeah, we've been quite lucky with injuries as well. It reminds me back. It reminds me actually of um, like the early Nuno days when we I think we had a full squad for most of the season, very rarely got injured, and then things sort of tailed off a bit um, in the coming in the following years. But you know, recently we've got back. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it or anything but um you know just if, if we can keep the squad firing fit then it's it, it's uh the options are fantastic for us yeah the fact that the only rotation seems to be happening at the moment is 
due to either circumstance through suspension or um, you know whether O'Neill wants to make a tactical decision. It doesn't feel like it's you know a slight of a player and therefore more or injuries, which you know has been a big issue for Wolves in the last couple of years post you know Nuno's first couple of seasons that you know we were getting players who were getting injuries. Look at even the likes of Pedro Neto and the fact that yeah he had a hamstring injury in the middle of his season effectively mm-hmm. but at this moment in time we've almost it's not been like two or three niggling injuries and it's not been across the team and you know even having players like Bukatrao or Ray back as well where we've gone through a spell where either Lamina was um, unavailable or Gomez was unavailable and there wasn't an awful lot of options on the bench and I think having that extra effectively four midfield options now, um, and unfortunately, just again out of sheer circumstance, isn't it, that Troy already's effectively the fourth choice. But I think he's still shown enough in his time at Wolves that he might be able to effect, be a more than solid option for us in the second half of the season. I think there's definitely something there with Traore. Um, he's shown in the limited opportunities he's had, he's shown flashes of, um, you know, the Premier League quality. Um, you know, I, I look back when we've been when we've, when we've needed to shore up defence a bit. You know, he's been that enforcer in the middle. He'll he'll just chase, he'll just run and run and chase after a ball. Whereas in contrast to someone like Tommy Doyle, well, I'm not actually sure what I would call. What kind of midfielder he is? He's just—he's just a, a fantastic ball-playing midfielder. I think is that kind of, yeah. you know, it, which Traore probably isn't. Traore's, you know, he'll get stuck in. And don't get me wrong, Tommy Doyle will get stuck in as well. But he's got—I think his qualities are more, you know, on the ball, spraying out mm. passes. And you know, and I'm, I'll echo every Wolves fan sentiment: if we don't sign him at the end of the season, something has gone horribly wrong because he'd be the bargain of the century. Um, oh yeah, I mean. Uh- I'm assuming the only reason we didn't sign Tommy Doyle in January was due to FFP. Because yeah. in my head, it would have just been the... I don't think any Wolves fan, in, again, it helped that we beat the Albion three days prior. I don't think there was a lot of uproar that we weren't making signings in January. Um, because not a lot of people were. I did think it was a shame in a way that the club didn't just say we've activated his... We've activated the the, um, the the permanent transfer clause in the deal. Well, did we do just, that with someone else once? Like, uh, was it Huang actually? Where we, we, yeah, we, did, we did, yeah, we did it with Huang. Um, we did it with Johnny as well. Johnny, yeah, that's yeah. Um, we signed him at the end of the season, but uh, you know, I, if we didn't you know, at the end of the season, like we said, if we didn't sign him and you know trigger that clause, yeah. then yeah, we 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 <laughs> really missed out on an opportunity there. But, it's sort of like you know. I, if he's costing us five million, if I was trying to work out how much would I want Wolves to pay for Tommy Doyle, Tommy Doyle, if we didn't know the price, if that makes sense, and like what, but you can clearly see, you know, that if Wolves spent fifteen million on him after this season, hypothetical word, you go, okay, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, I mean, you think a young young English player who's played for. Manchester City. Um, yeah, you know he's. I don't know. He's. He, he's only young. He's, isn't he? So he's only got. He's got so many yeah. years ahead of him. He's got his best years ahead of him, and that's frightening because he's fantastic at the moment. He's doing mm. fantastic at the moment. 
But yeah, four and a half million for that. You'd be thinking that that's the that's what you pay for someone who's like coming to the twilight of their career, not the start. Of yeah, it. I was going to say like we're almost about five minutes over. You know, far too early in his career, or a bit late in a way. But like mm-hmm. we're not. It's not even like we're paying for the potential, and obviously it was kind of wound up in the Nunes deal as well. Um, I guess it does bring us on to the tricky question of what we think the starting lineup's going to be uh, tomorrow, Sam. Because, as we mentioned, we've got Wang and Traore. Personally, again, I'm expecting to see them on the bench. Do yeah. we think it's going to be the same lineup as it was against Chelsea? Because, uh, to be honest, I, I don't know what would change. I'm a big believer in if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think the keep it as it is. Um, you know, the team played so well against Chelsea on Sunday. I don't see why, unless there's obviously an injury or something we don't know, then I'd, I'd be very surprised if um, if O'Neill makes any changes. And, you know, for, if Traore and Huang could come on and shore things up or, you know, try and, nick, try and get another goal, um, I'd completely understand that. It's just who who goes from the bench, I'm guessing it would be two, like maybe Griffiths and Shirewa. Yeah. When they step aside uh, and, you know, that that's fine. But, um yeah, I think if the lineup changes at all, I'll, I'll be surprised. Yeah, same. Say it's been a week since we last played, or six days. There's been no accounts of injuries or anything like that. I, I, I'm on the same agreement. I, I know Sarabia can blow hot and cold with Wolves fans, but I think just because Hank has been out and it feels ill-deserving um, mm-hmm. necessarily, and he did same with Eight Nori. When he could have, in theory, have pulled him straight in against the Albion, and didn't. I think O'Neill seems to be someone who's very much of uh, actually rewarding the players who play who have been playing previously, um, and making sure that people like Quang stay hungry and uh, earn his place back. Really, um, I would say from international news as well. Um, from Quang and Traoregas, um, Enzo Gonzalez. Um, we hardly knew you. No, because um, he's got he's gone very quiet. Wolves. Yeah, he's played in the development squad um, a number of times, and he had a few appearances on the bench as well. And I do think a lot of people got a bit anxious because he did sort of just disappear in the last month because he was um, on international duty. But he scored a lovely. Uh, goal for Paraguay uh, versus Argentina in the uh, lovely finish, uh, brilliant goal. Just uh, it, it was in like the 89th minute as well. Like oh. you look at it, and it was like looked like if it was like in the first like first half, first ten minutes that oh he's just caught from napping, but just the the acceleration to like burst past for, um, for defending the box and. You know, the, the very, very cheeky finish. It was, it was a cheeky was the word I was going to use. It, it is yeah. pure cheek from that young man. Like, it is... Of what, you know what I always appealed to me quite a lot about the goal? It was the athletics track around the pitch. <laughs> right you, don't, you don't see it anymore, do you? No, it's a very... It's, I don't know if it's, um, you know, especially in the UK, you know, I think we, yeah. we had tents with the Olympic Stadium and West Ham bottled it. Didn't they? But uh, no, it's it, I, I rate that. It's it's a good aesthetic. Takes yeah. you back. To, takes you back to playing on like an athletics uh, pitch it, in, in school. Except exactly. there's like thousands of seats around you. Yeah, it's like genuinely like I, I I've got it on in the corner of my eye. <laughs> like you can see like the additional athletics 
equipment just behind the goal as well. It, yeah. it, it's perfect. I, I want to learn everything about that stadium, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm being brutally honest. But um, we'll, we'll say it for another time. Um, before we kind of look into the weekend fixtures, uh, something else that came out, um, I guess, in the world of football, was the idea of blue cards. Um, so for anyone listening who hasn't seen anything about blue cards, Where effectively, it, exactly, not here, Sam. Not here. <laughs> um, IFAB are proposing to introduce, not um, initially at the top flight level, uh, to bring in a third uh, disciplinary card that will be for dissent and for cynical fouls. And effectively, um, a blue card will award you 10 minutes in the sim bin. Um, what are your initial thoughts on it, Sam? Because I, I, I've got a few, but I'm kind of keen to hear other people's. Um, I mean, I, th- I don't know. I, d- I think when it comes to change and immediate change like this, it's quite a, it's quite a lot to swallow. I think um, with, you know, I'm all, f- I'm all for players getting, you know, put in their place and disciplined. If they're going to mouth off to the ref or, you know, tactical fouls, they should be punished for it. But I, to be honest, I think yellow, yellow cards and red cards would handle that. I think I don't know, you know, I've, I've seen. Premier League uh, managers come out about it and say that they're not. Many of them aren't fans of it. Maybe that. Maybe it's the idea. You know, something else that they've got to deal with. Um, you know, when a player comes off the pitch for ten minutes, you know how that's going to be handled. Uh, it could be the, the threat of change might just be looming, and they don't like it. Um, you know, I even remember Paul Merson chiming in about it, and you know, he had a lot of choice choice words for it, and trying to change what? the game too much. Yeah, Paul Merson being controversial. Who knew? Um, but he, uh, you know, he had a lot of things to say about it. Like it's, it's going to change. It's, it's, we don't need it changing. You know, it's going to slow the game down. You know, if, if, if a player goes off, it's a, if it's a defender, for example, who gets, um, you know, put in the put in the bin for ten minutes, then everyone's just going to drop back. It'll kill the momentum. It'll, it might kill the game. Um, and you know, to a certain extent, you know, I agree. But it, it, it could. But at the same time, that's it's another tactic, and it would actually be quite interesting to see how it plays out. Um, if you want my personal opinion on whether I would want Sindin cards, I would lean towards more saying no. But um, you know, at the same time, I guess the game has to develop, and if it try if the trials work out and you know it's a success, then you know that it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. What yeah. do you think? I think I'm not completely against the idea, and I think. Football does have a really tricky, and football fans have a really tricky time with change. And when new ideas are implemented, the uproar about anything will have pushback, regardless yeah. of it. Far was the was the last one, I think. You know, the last yeah. one, or, and, or maybe even the additional added time, like ten minutes added time. Yeah, and it it's difficult because. I, ideas can get either get lost in their merit or based on the last idea. And, you know, there's a level of, like, survivorship bias for me when it comes to implementation of change. So no one, no one talks about goal-line technology because it's... Like, people would have had the same viewpoints as they do around VAR that they would have done about goal-line technology. The only difference is that goal-line technology is very precise and it's instant. And it, it does everything you needed it to do. Like, actually, you view it and 
no one no one kicks with a fuss if it's you know an inch over or under the line because they've seen it in front of them and they know it's you know empirical. Apart from that, Villa, Sheffield United one. Going to say that's, um, that's, uh, which that's, that's literally what what it, one case isn't it? Um, in, in terms of like the sim bin, part of me is for it because it's establishing other sports. Um, I I agree with it for cynical fouls because I am someone who is quite petty and does think that a lot of the time they should be red cards, not yellow. Well, it's, it's, Where, essentially, like, it's this form of cheating, isn't it? Well, yeah, if you want to black like, and white about it, it's 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 it's. But if you're not, yeah, because you're not you're not attempting to win the like you know. Uh, I guess the prime example of the situation is that. Um, Bakari Safka uh, in, in the Euros. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's the and, perfect example. And, and for me, that that was a red card because Killian, he, he's not made an attempt for a ball. He, he he has done something to, you know, um, to be honest, I thought it was violent conduct anyway, but actually, even if he'd have just like come behind, swiped his legs, no attempt for a ball. But if you're not attempting for a ball, aren't you just basically kicking a person? Well, yeah, um, it's and, attacking a person. You know, yeah. I don't know how and, going nowhere for the ball. It's I don't know how complicated that needs to be. Yeah. So, and you know, they'll say, but they'll get awarded a red card. You know, well, hang on, that's not a free match ban for you know swiping someone's legs from behind. Isn't the same as you know headbutting someone or throwing an elbow or denying mm-hmm. a goal scoring opportunity, whatever. So. I get that there needs to be some form of middle ground. And I also think for, let's say, I'm trying to think of you, like a, a, a shit house who's quite relatively known, like a Fabinho from a couple of years ago at Liverpool, for example, who, you know, a player who's got those dark arts in them. And ja- even João Gomez, um, if you know, I'm going to keep it topical for Wolves. Would that deter them from doing it again? Um, or at least give them suitable punishment to know, actually, you know what, you've stopped a very clear break in play uh, by, you know, impeding the opponent with zero attempt for the ball. You've got to sit out for 10 minutes. And I'll go, actually, you know what, that might stop them in a way. Um, From a logistical point of view, I'm not a big fan of it because it means that you're probably going to have players, you know, if they've been going for 35 minutes, let's say, or no, half an hour, or you're in the second, 70th minute of the second half, and then you make him stop for 10 minutes to then start again. I'd be curious about the injury rate that would happen from that. And I know, like, rugby, they've got like the, the bikes and stuff to keep to keep their legs warm. Yeah, but yeah. They, but that, that's one of the few things I do have a, I, I, that does make me uneasy about the idea of a sim bin. Um, it's, the, you know, it's the sports science degree in you coming out, isn't it? I know. It, 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 I, I'm making it. Yeah, it's been ten years. I might as well get some some use out of it. <laughs> um, Who'd have thought ten years ago when we graduated, we'd be we'd be putting it to use? Exactly. We've just been waiting. It, I'm telling you, in Pen- Jane Morgan. <laughs> if only we'd known. If Shout only out to 39 PJM. Oh no, <laughs> represent. But, I said well, we I, I keep. I was going to say, I was going to take on a real digression about me keep getting spam phone calls um, asking if I still live there. 
Uh, right. No, no, not in a decade. Um, you know, <laughs> 10 years and 20 grand's worth of debt later. Um, I've completely lost my trailer. We've lost track now. Um, uh, yes, yeah, sports science. Yes. So the fitness of compared, players when they're off the yeah, pitch. Yeah. yeah. And, and like com compared to like rugby, which is a slower paced game mm -hmm. and naturally has that interval aspect worked into it, players are doing a lot more accelerating in football so I, I am surprised that has not been a you know a thread line throughout the, the idea of Simpins but I do think there is merit for something to clamp down on it because um, I think ultimately most laws and ideas implemented of the game have made tried to make it better for either spectators or the players yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think, um, you know, the, the 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 people making these decisions are trying to make the game slower or more boring. They're trying to do it for I don't know, maybe fairness and entertainment. I think the two oh, yeah. of the things. In, in this case, um, it's one hundred percent fairness. And um, you know, the, the, yes, I think these these tactical fouls, shithousery, as we say, needs to be. Um, you know, looked at it more specifically, and where you know, they, we always say like a yellow card isn't enough, but a red card is probably too much. Why not an orange card? Maybe they've missed yeah. a trick by not having an orange card instead. But um, but uh, it's funny you say about the about people like Joao Gomez or um, Fabinho is the example you used earlier. Someone who's perhaps a master of the dark arts. I was looking at a tape, uh, a list earlier, and I think um, it was Mario Lamina's had the most yellow cards. I think this season for tactical yeah. fouls. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Four. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be shaking at the, at this, at the thought of this. Exactly. And part of me goes that they are professional athletes. They will basically do anything within the laws to win. And if that means stretching the laws to their limits, then in their heads, mentally, it's like, yeah, of course I'll do it. If it is something that I am able to do that's going to give me give us a advantage to win the game, then I'm going to do it. Yeah, especially if it's a team like Brentford who, are like, like yeah. I mentioned earlier, are fighting for their lives and will need any point they can take, they'll they'll do that, you know. And if 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 it all comes down to it at the end of the season, you know, a team like them or maybe Crystal Palace or Everton who need maybe a point or so to stay up. Mm. You know, it'll come back to stuff like this, um, you know. And a point you made earlier about the fitness, you know, we better hope that Neto never goes off on a oh, on a yeah. because his, his, uh, his hand, we can't take any more pain for his. Hand. <laughs> we need we need him just running all the time just to keep it keep the momentum up. They will have to invent like the, almost like wrap around things for his like legs uh, <laughs> just to keep them warm and heated. Um, but yeah, like. I, because the way I sort of look at it, it's going to sound really daft. It's like taking drugs is bad for sport. Like performance enhancing drugs is bad. That that's your line. You know what you're not allowed to take. But players will take will will drink Red Bull at you know five to three. And like because that is something that they think is going to help them. That is going to make give them more energy. All of that. So it's like yeah. that. Uh, you know, what amount of caffeine am I legally allowed to have that would not fly? And, you know, it. so, yeah, they, they're going to stretch them. They're going to push them. 
Um, and it's the same with, you know, laws within the game as well. Like the amount of players, you know, you see it every time someone takes a corner. Where they place the ball to, mm-hmm. you know, almost outside the deep. Well, it's, isn't stupid, it's stupid anyway. I'll never, I'll never understand having it just a, I don't know, a, a millimetre outside of the D. You know, is it going to affect the trajectory no. ball that is much? It gonna, is it, yeah, like it's got to travel an awful way for your worrying about it being, you know, half a football nearer or, or further away. I, I don't understand it. I, I could understand it when it was very gra- when when you're playing like proper grass pitches and the you know the corner flags got dug up and you'd have it almost on the edge because it was less likely to have got hooked up with turf but most like corner areas now especially at Molyneux it's artificial or it's like a woven difference so it's not going to get trod up no. so it's almost like because it's like because you did it 10 years ago it just keeps it, every player does it regardless of whether it works or not but it's saying like players will do it until they until they can't get away with it mm-hmm. um so yeah I, i'd be interested to sort of see it. i know uh, simbins do happen um i know it's been implemented in, uh, um within walls women and things like that um this season as well so that it, i i know i think it'll be interesting um what it actually gets defined as, I know we had we've had a couple of uh, YouTube comments. Uh, one from Matt Bradley, sort of saying, "Just make the yellow card a symbol instead, instead of giving another thing to call wrong." And I sort of get that. The only issue is there are so many things you can get yellow cards for. Yeah, but, it's like it's what we've been trying to say. That is is almost this is the stuff that goes in the in the orange card category. Mm. You know, like I said, maybe too much for a yellow, but not enough for a red. I mean, if we're if we're I don't know. If we're t- if we're saying Simbin for time wasting, you know, I think that would rub a lot of people up the wrong way, or maybe kicking the ball away. Um, yeah, I don't see that going down very well. It's it's, it, it, but you know, I'm all for you know players, you know, respecting the rules and not and not just uh, causing trouble for the for the sake of it. Mm. You know, getting punished by being put in the Simbin for a bit. But it's the dissent. I find the dissent one really interesting, like including dissent in it. Because a lot of dissent goes unpunished. Like, you know, we saw, like, obviously last season, like, Lamina getting a, another yellow card. Yeah. And, like, you see it every, every game now. But, well, three players approach ref, and my immediate reaction also is, why isn't one of them not getting booked? That Lamina one seems to have gone by the wayside, because I don't I don't feel like that happens anymore. I don't feel like the referee... Yeah, it, it literally happened hard. once. <laughs> yeah, and it happened. It had to be for us, didn't it? I mean, it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things because we, we won the game. But you know, missing Lamina for a, a bit at least would have harmed us. But you know, mm. it's, it, it just it just seems to have fallen by the wayside. Yeah, and and part of it is a referees need to keep up with it. The other mm. side of it, something that kind of occurred to me is like actually the reason why you have a simbin is li- in football for those is to literally let the players have time to calm down. Well, I thought about this. It's not really, I, 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 no, it treats him like a fucking child, but it is to genuinely calm sit down. on the naughty step. That's essentially yeah. what it is, isn't it? <laughs> sit next to your manager, your daddy, effectively. Think about what you've done. Yeah, take ten big deep belly breaths, and <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if if you're mouthing off, if the player is mouthing off to the to the ref. And gets put in the sim for ten minutes. I just all I'm going to think is he's going to have ten minutes to think about it, and he's going to come back for more. 
and yeah. and you'll get another yellow card and you'll be off. So I, I don't. It, it'd be interesting to see how that works. And you know, players especially who are quick to maybe have a short temper, for example. Um, you know, some will handle it better than others, I'm sure. But I don't know if that's a. I just don't know if that'll work. Yeah, another uh, no, YouTube comment coming from Martin Wolfright. Just if it ain't broke, why fix it? Um, it's a poor refereeing and lack of discipline. That's a problem. And I sort of think you're right with the first point, but actually it is broke because there is poor refereeing in terms of being able to kind of find that having that grey area. And I think the lack of discipline in, and what literally what we we're just saying about the whole descent thing. Politely, be an adult, have some level of emotional intelligence, not to just run up to a referee and shout. You don't do it in any other form of life. It doesn't happen in other forms of sport. And I, I, I don't understand it because it is such like a trained behaviour to do some of those, like, you know, crowding around a referee. It's a bit, it's a bit toys out the pram, isn't it? And it's uh, yeah. you're right. we, we are sometimes seeing grown men act like children, and it's for the for no benefit because they're not and they're not going to change the decision. If, if they do, it's it's a VAR thing. It's not it's not because the player yeah. has told them to change your decision. Yeah. So it, it, I know I I think it's going to be an interesting one in terms of because obviously they've you know announced it. They'll try it at a low level. It, um, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of seasons. I think to see how it. Um, progresses so yeah, referee, but, we, we know there's, there'll always be errors with referees Re, you know referees yeah. are human there's there's gonna there's good ones there's bad ones everyone has off days i we understand that we have to understand that but you know we, we can't i don't think there's any perfect solution to this issue no. there's always gonna be people who are unhappy yeah so let's see but it isn't going to be introduced at the weekend um and obviously yeah walls are um at home at three o'clock against Brentford. Got a few other games going on. So uh, early kickoff is Man City versus Everton. Uh, other three o'clock Saturday kickoffs. We've got Fulham, Bournemouth, uh, Liverpool, Burnley, Luton, Sheffield United. That'll be a tasty one. Uh, Spurs, Brighton. Then the Saturday evening kickoff of Forest, Newcastle. Uh, followed by Sunday, we've got West Ham, Arsenal, Villa Man United, and Monday, Palace versus Chelsea. Uh, are any of those fixtures sort of sticking out to you, Sam? Is, is interesting ones for either Wolves fans or general footy fans? Um, I think I think there'll be I think there's going to be a few eyes. It depends on different ends of the table. So I think immediately Luton, Sheffield United springs out. Mm. I mean, I know we are we're not looking, exactly looking over our shoulders. We're doing okay, but. For the teams in and around the bottom five or six, Brentford, for example, they'll have they'll probably, they may have one eye on that fixture. It might be around that tar- this time of the season where teams start to you know maybe start to worry and start to think start to keep maybe one eye on the on the re- other results and see how it affects them because that's essentially a six pointer. Luton, Sheffield United, mm. and Sheffield United probably need, need it more than Luton, but uh, given the fact that Luton are in good pretty good form and Sheffield United, you know, haven't got form. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's one that definitely sticks out. Um, the other one for me is Villa Man United. You know, Man mm. United um, obviously, have, you know, starting to find their feet a bit more recently. You know, that 4-2 win over Newport must have done them a lot of favours because, you know, we, we played them and then, you know, that, that's, that was obviously devastating for us. But, you know, the, and then they ended up beating West Ham 3-0 at the weekend. So the, this, the, they're back on track. Villa, you know, they made Villa Park a fortress uh, for this this season, and 
you know, they, they had a bit of a hiccup um, on Wednesday against Chelsea in the Cup. Uh, so they'll they'll be looking for a result as well. I think that's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I, I, I'm really torn by that Villa-Man United game because I don't really want Villa to win. But I'd never is that the worst you're speaking or just... Uh, it, it, it is actually Sam Fulino. <laughs> really? <laughs> but, you know, the idea of me wanting Man United to win doesn't sit right with me either, to be yeah. honest. Can we get a nil-nil draw or something? I don't know. Yeah, so like, can somehow both teams lose. Um, you're right, I do think the Sheffield United-Burnley games, um, Sheff- uh, Luton-Sheffield United even, because actually if Luton win that, which their home form is just keeps going up and up and up, being on 23 points after 23 games for Luton, it, it is phenomenal. And mm-hmm. like you, there's no no other way of looking at you know them being on a point a game after 23 games really sets them up nicely to um, try try and get survival. And of course, it kind of drags everyone else down as well. You know, yeah. it's very effective. You know, the, the opportunity, the likelihood of um, Brentford. Uh, even if you want to include Palace, maybe as well, but like sort of Brentford, Forest and Luton all winning is statistically low. But for one of those teams to win, um, whether it's Brentford against us, hopefully not, whether it's against uh, Forest at Newca- against Newcastle at home, potential for them or Luton at Sheffield United, it really pushes the other two in, in, into a relegation yeah. Quagmire a bit more. Yeah. Um, it really opened. It would really open it up, and um, you know, I think, I think Luton. I, I think Luton will get a result against Sheffield United. You know, Kenilworth Roads. You know, been a been mm. a fortress for them uh, the last few months. You know, now that they've started to establish themselves a bit and impose themselves, I think is the best way to say it in in the in the Premier League. Um, and as you know, as we can see, they're, they're the fourth best form team in the league like behind us in Liverpool and, and City. But uh, I think uh, Forest, uh, Forest definitely needs something against Newcastle. But you know, I think that they they blow hot and cold. Forest for me, as far as I as far as mm. I'm concerned, you know, they 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 can put on performance of their lives, or they can be really down in the dregs. Uh, I think they will stay up, and I think Luton will stay up as well. I think I think both of them will be will be okay, but it'll be tight. Very tight. Yeah, I, I I sort of think Everton will scrape survival, but it's slightly unfair. Not not unfair, but you know when you consider they've had a ten point deduction to bit. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they are clawing their way out. It's not going to be probably this weekend. You know, away to Man City for them. Um, but actually, if you kind of go well, they're getting enough points on the board consistently, Everton that maybe they finish 15th tops, then Sheffield United are basically down, unless they have a minor miracle. Burnley, same, to be honest. They might get a level of, you know, it it won't be as embarrassing as Sheffield United. They might, you know, at at least clear 25 points, maybe, or at least 20. Um, And then it's out of Luton, you say Luton, Forest and Brentford, maybe. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. I was thinking, saying, well, if, if Forest and Luton stay up, who who goes down? It, it could work very well. But yeah. I think Palace downwards are. I, you know, I think Fulham will be okay. I can't see them getting dragged into it. But Palace downwards, unless Palace do something about maybe about 
Hodgson situation at the club. You know, maybe they yeah. personally, but if they want to stay up, but you know, anywhere from Palace down are potentially within that that, that bottom three. Mm. I mean, I know Palace are very much on the slide, aren't they? But that minus fourteen goal difference, mm-hmm. and as far as like you know, they're not. Uh, Bournemouth have had some drubbings, you know. There's Palace's goal difference is just some consistently losing games, and then not winning by high margins. Um, so yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I get the other one, um, which I think might be half an arm for Wolves fans is if if Spurs win, and let's say they win two nil, and Wolves win, let's say two nil, that pushes right on level terms with Brighton. And with a cup game coming up against them as well, we're. I think if our benchmark is going toe to toe with Brighton this season, I think you know what that, that's not a bad turnaround. Well, in the same sort of uh, vein, I'd go for the the West Ham Arsenal game is probably one to keep an eye on because they were we're four points behind them, aren't we? So you know they're, yeah. they're, they're in the Europa League conference zone, so. You know, it's we're not far off them, and you know Arsenal lost to them earlier this season. They'll be looking to get a result against West Ham, and obviously that win against Liverpool has given them a lot of um, motivation. So yeah, same with Brighton and uh, West Ham. We, you know, there's no reason why we can't um, aim for that. You know, there's been talk of Europe and of, you know European chances for Wolves, and you know that's it's great to hear that we're in that conversation. But you know, I've. I just never. I, I don't want to get my hopes up just yet. But if we, if we can no. get, if, if the results, if the if the chips fell the way they did, and the results ended up like with with Brighton losing and West Ham losing, and us getting a result against Brentford, you know, dreaming is for free, as they say. Exactly, exactly. Well, before we wrap up the show, um, just a quick one in terms of the competition we've got over on our Twitter page or X page. Sounds weird when you say it like that. Uh, but we have a competition for a uh, Icon Sports highlight um, print following uh, well the, the win against Albion. So the giveaway is, ladies and gents, that if Pedro Neto starts against Brentford, we'll provide one lucky winner with this unframed goal memorabilia print of Pedro Neto's um, goal against the Albion. All you have to do, and it's really simple, Go to our Twitter page. It's pinned at the top. It's in the YouTube description down there. Or I say down there, below even Sam. Um, retweet it. Make sure you're following the fancast. And as an added bonus, you get double entry if you apply with Fuck the Albion. So really simple, guys. Definitely do it. They're cracking prints. Um, and make sure you go check out um, iconsportinghighlights.co.uk forward slash collections forward slash walls as well. Because um, if you don't chance your arms at uh, winning, then you might as well try and get one or pay for one and support them. I mean, give you an idea, guys, we've had 122 of a moment enter. So it's up to you guys, but definitely go check it out. We will be back um, on Sunday to talk about Brentford game and hopefully another Wolves win. Make sure you check out uh, Wolves Sankas on all our social medias. So whether it's on X or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, wherever you want to get you Wolves, Lols and Trolls, go check us out there. Until next time, though, it's goodbye from Sam. Thank you for having me, Rich. Really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone who's been listening in. And uh, up the Wolves. Fantastic. And... Goodbye for me. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.